0: Welcome to Count Creepyheads Saturday Morning Monster Mash! Blah! <laughs>
1: Welcome to episode three of Count Heads Saturday Morning Monster Mash. I am Mike, nicknamed To Be Determined, joined by Josh, Professor Pickman. Hi! Hi. Josh, Professor Pickman Hibbard, and Mike Foreshadow. Alvarez, and <laughs> together we are the League of Horror Nerds. We made it, guys. Episode three. You excited? Yay! Woo! Three sort of weeks. Takes me a little longer to get these edited than I thought. But, I'm gonna uh,
2: dance like a monkey. We are on a 10-day cycle.
1: Hopefully I can kind of get that down a little bit more. Um... You guys want to start with what you got this week? Any cool toys? I know we we're just talking about Transformers, but did you get anything else?
3: I'm
0: gonna let Mike lead this one.
3: Uh, well, uh, actually, my my one purchase this week was a Transformer. I got uh, the Fossilizer uh, Wingfinger, and I haven't yet done the combiner mode with uh, the other fossilizers, but he's really freaking cool. Um, I can't decide which uh, which fossilizer is my favorite. But I just like this whole sub-series and hope they keep going, because they're just a lot of fun to take apart and randomly put back together. You need Man, five really to are. make the combiner, right? Oh, I thought you just needed the three. Uh, yeah, just the
0: three. Oh, okay. It's, oh. If you, I've seen a lot of people online, though, <clears throat> excuse me, of making uh, essentially combiners that are just five of each individual fossilizer.
1: Yeah. Oh. I totally thought it was like each limb is a fossilizer. So you had wing fingers, the chest with um, two legs, two arms. I no, know they're...
0: It was... Yeah, because they're they're all just kind of like. Pop apart, like the weaponizers and they and they're already kind of parts formers. Right. They. Uh, you just sort of pull them apart and put them back together as one big giant bone monster.
1: Did you guys see the a... pictures of that fan-made Necronometron? Yes. Or yeah. It was like 30 Transformers total of the fossilizers of just tons and tons and tons of pieces stuck together.
3: <laughs> but it, it looks looked so awesome. fun. I know. It made me wonder if you could actually move it, like if any of the limbs would would move without thing falling apart. I read notes
1: on it, and you can't. Uh, <laughs> I said, a lot of it was just like balancing on itself, but it still looked awesome.
0: I've kind of uh, heard that the uh, the <clears throat> regular fossilizer... Sorry, I've got monkeys in my throat. Um, the regular fossilizer isn't all that stable either.
3: Yeah, I kind of figured as much just because the fossilizers themselves sometimes aren't very stable. Um, but I do have to say, I know a lot of people complain about the whole parts forming. But I just, I like that pattern of play anyway. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm really sad that ZVOS got cancelled when it did. But I like figures you can pull apart and rearrange. That's and just so
0: many of the G1P figures, like, in some way were parts formers. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: And it's funny you brought up z I had an almost complete collection that my friend gave me for free, and I ended up selling all of them except for the Rock and Roll Frankenstein.
3: Oh, I still have my Rock and Roll Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> but I got rid of the rest. Those things were the best.
0: Man, I feel like Rock and Roll Frankenstein could go with Stuntman Frankenstein. He could. It's just the platoon of Franks.
1: I was going to drop this in my figure wish, but I'll drop it now. I really feel like um, Jazzwares, they do the Fortnite figures, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They need to make Universal Monsters in that three and three-quarter scale of nothing specific. It doesn't have to be Boris Karloff because of that scale it doesn't matter. But just like a fun tiny three and three quarter Frankenstein that has articulation would be the <laughs> you give him like a machine gun, you know, put them on a motorcycle, have like the Dracmobile. They could have a lot of fun with it. And um I you know we be the people who'd be buying them probably but oh, God, I would yeah. buy the crap out of those. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking about like how fun that would be to have G. Joe scale or actually, I'm going to say Fortnite scale, because really, G.I. Joe isn't in that scale anymore. But right. uh, Universal Monsters would be so cool if they did that.
0: They, man, they really would be. Yeah.
1: I mean, they, just all Wolfman, all Werewolf. It doesn't have to be the Wolfman. I mean, a mummy, any kind of mummy. Frankenstein, Dracula. It makes me think of the, um, the Playmates Van Helsing Monster Hunter toy line that was like nobody bought them. But they're kind of like clearly meant to be played with. Uh, yeah,
0: I remember those toys. Cool.
1: What about you, Josh? What have you bought?
0: You know, this is this is the first week I can I can say it it wasn't way too much. It was uh, I bought a couple. I bought my first two GI Joe classified figures. Uh, Welcome not to the that I'm, Not that I'm not a fan of GI Joe, uh, but the the classified just I'm not enough of a fan to. Be into the classified, I'm I'm with Mike. I'm more of a three and three fourth inch guy. Like, I like six inch, but they most of the time have to be some sort of six inch monster. Yeah. Uh, that way they can, you know, it doesn't matter how they scale with smaller figures. Uh, But I couldn't. I walked into the store the other morning and I saw Zartan. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I did take a plunge before this with Cobra Commander, but I was kind of meh on him. Uh, he's not a good figure. Yeah, he's really not. So he he I he kind of slipped my mind. Uh but yeah. yeah, I saw Zartan on the on the pegs and it was a moment of like Yeah, yeah, I want that. He looks super weird. I want that. And he lives up to the weird and I love it. He
1: so he's pretty accurate to the original Zartan, who I had as a kid, and I never knew it was Zartan, because I bought him at a garage sale with the mask on. And I just oh, thought it awesome. was some guy with a hood and a mustache. Like, I, <laughs> I thought he was, like, a random Cobra vehicle driver, like some sort of weird character. That I wasn't sure who he was. And I left him in a window cell one day, and he turned jet black. And I was like, wait a second. This guy, he's one of the dreadnoughts. And I fiddled with him some more because the face wasn't changing color and the face fell off. And it was like this moment of like, oh, my God, it's Sartan. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. It took me a good half a year before I I put the pieces together, because in my mind, I never thought they'd actually give him a changeable face in the toy because I was six when he came out or however old I was. So, um,
0: I mean, that's fair.
1: Pretty funny. That's always like. That gave me a soft spot for Zartan and the Dreadnoks, And then, I mean, Mike's probably the same way. My love of Return of the Living Dead, the Dreadnoks were always by default by punks. Oh, yeah. Or then it would transition into like my nuclear wasteland people. Yep. Who also got tons of play. So I always had all of the Dreadnoks. I had to get them all anytime I saw them. Um, but you got to have Zartan first before you
3: can do the rest. I actually got Zartan. Um, I want to say it was oh God was a Christmas of nine of eighty six or eighty five. I'm trying to quickly look it up right now. I think it was eighty five was the year he came out. Um, but I remember this the same. We're Christmas. dating ourselves. I know, right? Yeah. The, the same Christmas that I got him, I also got the hydrofoil. That was like my. Oh no, it was eighty four. Wow, God, I was four years old. Um, but. Yeah, it was... Uh, I got Zartan and I got the Hydrofoil. And that was, like, the coolest Christmas ever. Because I just sat on my... We had a, a blue rug in the bathroom. And I just, like, sat in the bathroom on the blue rug pretending it was the ocean. And I had my Hydrofoil on there. And Zartan would always, like, s- like use a little skiff off of the Hydrofoil. <laughs> and oh, escape man. away. That was oh, such man.
1: a great toy.
3: Yeah, it really was.
1: Yeah. I used to it would sink. If you put it in the water, it would slowly sink every time, but then I was, that was always how I would play with it, is that there was a sinking ship Mm -hmm. and I would load it up with guys, and then, you know, they would always inevitably plunge to their doom, and this is before I cared about, like, (laughs) everything rusting, because if you ever had G.I. Joes, those screws would rust quick.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, they would.
1: But I didn't care, because I was having so much fun.
3: Oh, yeah, those totally ended up in the bathtub.
1: Zartan's weird-ass Jet Ski Backpack Crotch Rocket thing that he has (laughs) Yep Oh JJ, we're gonna mention you Every episode (laughs) Yeah we are (laughs) I
0: I, I mean One of the weird things that I, I really Love about Zartan is it goes Right back to what we were talking about with Mindbender And it's just like What's What in the hell is going on with this guy Like he's got kind of a Kind of a snakeskin hood and then this weird eye makeup He's got a couple of danglies that consists of a snake head and a monkey's paw So he can he has a couple of wishes, clearly <laughs> uh, He has a skinned face and a backpack and a hunting knife And yeah.
4: then
0: Peck and shoulder armor and exposed midriff <laughs>
4: <laughs> So
0: of course, you know as as soon as I got him, my the first thing I did was like putting him in some ridiculous like belly dancing poses, and then <laughs> I in, which leads me to the other purchase of the week, which was uh Pimp Daddy Destro because I figured, y- you know, he needs Pimp Daddy if he's gonna be someone's boss bitch. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know what so always yeah, bugs those, me. Those Mike, were my purchases.
1: Mike, does this bother you that the Maybe they did in some sort of like Joe Con exclusive, but mass retail dreadnoughts have never come with grape soda. Does that bother you?
3: That's always bugged me, yes.
1: Because that's so, been
3: such a huge thing in the comics and the cartoons. Yeah. And never once did they have a grape soda accessory.
1: Josh, you know what we're talking about?
3: That's insane.
1: They've, so, they've
3: never had one?
1: Nope. No. So, listeners who don't know what we're talking about, the dreadnoughts for like Cobra's biker gang wing of evil villains and in the cartoons you couldn't have them drinking alcohol so they love grape soda that's all they drink and it's this weird little quirk about the dreadnoughts mm-hmm. that never really gets like from a marketing standpoint they never capitalize on it unless i've completely missed it and there was some sort of weird like fago let you know hasbro kind of made like dreadnought brand grape soda as a joke or something like how Mattel, like a, make a Mossman air freshener, or, right? You know, like patchouli deodorant as a joke, but they've never actually made Zartan or any of those guys come with a can of grape soda. I'd rather you have a weapon, you know, like right. hunting knife is more important to me than a can of grape soda because something that's weird about these new classified guys is all of the Joes, anyways. All their guns are Nerf guns, repurposed as real guns for whatever reason, I, I guess sensitivity about guns and things like that, but some of them are really ridiculous looking and it bugs me to no end. So at least he gives dreadnought a really cool knife instead of some sort of weird, like hair dryer or, <laughs> you know, shoots around a corner nerf gun thing. Um, right. I'm glad that he has that at the very least. He has his, the face, but yeah, Josh was saying he's got like a monkey's paw and a snake head. A little weird.
0: Yeah, it really is. There's, there's no rhyme or reason to it.
3: So now, I haven't, as much as I love G.I. Joe, I have not delved into the classics other than Snake Eyes. I bought him, and I was really excited when I found him. But um, after opening him up. Me, it's classified. Oh, <laughs> what did I say? Classics? You said classics. <laughs> classified, yes. <laughs> eh, it's classics, origins, classified. They're all different waves of the same thing. Classics would um, be what Super
1: <laughs> 7 calls them. When yes. they announce those in a few
3: weeks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I didn't really delve in other than uh, Snake Eyes. And when I got him, I was kind of disappointed because it was basically... I don't know, It just it reminded me of the Overwatch figures, which were cool. But I was just like, is this really a $20 figure? Do I really want this? Um, so I didn't really delve into the rest. Now, that being said, if I see Zartan, I might end up pulling the trigger only because he looks really cool. And they just recently showed um, an Alley Viper head sculpt and a bat head sculpt. Those what? would pull me in. Yes. I ah, see those. On uh, his tank.
2: God damn it.
3: If, Hold on a second. Uh, pause yeah. the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need the bat for sure. Uh,
1: see, Problem. like I know they, they've showed uh, the artwork on the back of the packaging with the Alley Viper.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But, oh, God, I'm looking at him now.
3: Yep. <laughs> See, that will be enough to make me pull the trigger. Because I loved Ali Viper. Absolutely loved Alley Viper. And that art that they have is like, yep, yeah, I'm going to need that. Um, and the Bat, of course. The Bat has been one of my favorite Toys, much like most Joe collectors, been one of my favorite toys forever. Yeah. The, um, and I've had every version that they've made.
1: The Cobra Bat is a must have. Now, further to that point,
3: Overt Kill, the leader oh. of the Cobra Bats, when they look oh, right,
1: he's <laughs> yeah. super, super cool.
3: I would say this, it, it, this is a common uh, a common thing where uh, G.I. Joe has Overkill, Spawn has Overt Kill.
1: Okay, Overkill, the Cobra Bat Leader, if you go with his Velar versus Venom look where he has a scarf over the bottom of his face to kind of imply that he has no jaw. Yes. Plus he has different attachments for his stump. Yep. He's very cool. If you go with the sound attack one, he had a gimmick where his chest opened up oh, and he had uh like a weird like
3: arm tentacle laser hand thing.
1: I still played with a lot
3: as a kid, but he could he could grab around a Joe's neck with that little claw tentacle thingy, and then the laser thing was like perfectly poised at their forehead. So I, I used to have him like pick up Joe's by the throat and just like blow their brains out.
1: <laughs> I yeah, I did the same thing. I uh also like many people, I figured out really quickly how to get that sound pack off. Oh god, just yeah. Yeah. It, and Day that would one. go bye bye right away. <laughs> uh I have not I got some stuff I ordered on Wish that showed up because you know like you order anything on Wish it's like it could be here in a week or it could be in a year. Uh, so I got some giveaways for the site which are just basically stickers and pins. Everything else that I bought was for my daughter. So I'm not going to talk about like My lifestyles or anything like that. Um, <laughs> Aww. Uh, hey man, that's a separate podcast.
0: Um uh, <laughs> Tune in I, next week for My Life, the new podcast.
1: Let's talk about the washer and dryer. You can buy a clearance on Walmart right now. It has bubbles inside of it to make you think that you're washing your Dell's laundry, but you're really not. Uh, Holy I,
2: crap, I need that.
1: Wow. I did make a big sale that I think we won't talk about too much because it's like its own episode. But I sold a VHS tape from my collection uh, I striked, strike struck while the, wire, the iron was hot and made $450 on a clamshell VHS of Sledgehammer, nice. which Joe Bob played on the last drive-in. And he kind of boasted that it's one of the worst horror movies ever made, which immediately made everybody want it. And I had a pristine copy that I bought from a local video store like 15 years ago. I just had it forever um and i thought like this is probably the most valuable it's going to be for like the, maybe the next month before interest dies down or people realize they can get it on dvd so yeah. I, I cashed out and i'm kind of sitting on the money i'm thinking that i am going to buy a nintendo switch um uh, good pretty purpose. soon so nice. i'm kind of i'm kind of pricing out you know i need like how many controllers how many wireless controllers how many games all the peripherals so I can give like a final price and I'm just going to wait for a sale somewhere like a target video game sale or something. So I can kind of get a little extra on my cash, but yeah, that's, that's my week. There was nothing really to buy. I've got notices that things are processing like the puppet master toys, but I don't have them in. hand. um, I did see the Walmart Frankenstein finally from NECA, but I didn't pull the trigger because I'm getting the black and white one. And I just don't know if I want to. That's right. fair. You know, uh, I'm also kind of hoping that he'll go on clearance because I want him if he's 12 bucks. Right oh, up. yeah. I hate to be cheap, but, you know, real estate's at a premium in my collection and I don't need two Frankensteins. To me, he's always black and white. Um, but, yeah. So, as you guys know, we have our weekly sponsors where I spend a lot of time kind of out hustling and bustling. Trying to get people to invest in the show. And uh, we had Aunt Mabel, who works out of a flea market, selling ghosts in a jar. I got her for one episode. We got um, Bill's Booze Barn, which has gotten in a little bit of trouble because we brought attention to him. And now the authorities know that he doesn't have a liquor license. So... (laughs) <laughs> the shop is closed currently, but you can still find him around town. I saw him at the Sizzler the other day, just doing Bill stuff. Um, oh, Bill. But this week, somebody contacted me. I didn't have to hustle. Uh, a local salesman, uh, some sort of realtor, this guy named Jim, wanted to advertise his business of buying and selling houses. So we're going to take a quick commercial break for a word from our sponsors.
2: Hey. It's me, Jim. You got a house? You want to sell your house? Well, I'm going to buy it. i going to get in your house, and I'm going to buy the get out of it. So if you want to buy your house, call me, Jim. I buy houses. You can call me at 716-345-7487. Ask for Jim, because he's going to buy the get out of your house.
1: Well, so we're back. Uh, did you guys get the business cards I sent you? Where, yeah, it, uh,
0: it was just a yellow, a yellow card that said, "I buy houses" with the phone number.
1: Yeah. yeah. When I talked to him, he said uh, he wants to buy my house. Like he didn't ask if I own my house, if I live in a house. A uh, really odd fellow, but you know. Money's money. I got to pay the hosting fees for the website. So True. this guy wants to slip me 20 bucks. OK, Jim, uh, you know, I don't think this is a cult or, you know, like a timeshare scam. So I'll find out later when I cut the uh, commercials in. Anyways.
0: Yeah, it can't uh, be 100 percent sure, though. We just think it's not.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're not big enough yet where we actually have legitimate, Moral sponsors. Um, it's going to be a little sketchy no matter what we do, but whatever. So, news time. You guys ready? Oh, yeah.
4: News.
1: NECA showed off their Wolfman in color. And last week I said he looks a little weird. This week I think he looks a little weird, but it's because he's in color. Uh, wolfman is somebody that doesn't really get a lot of press in his color form. He's usually always black and white. Looking close, it looks just like Wolfman, but you never actually see the different shades of brown in his face. So he looks a little weird. Um, but the real selling point is that you can turn him into Lon Chaney Jr. Yes. So if you're a fan of the Wolfman, that's the reason to buy it, in my opinion, because you get the greatest sad sack in all of film history – Lon Chaney Jr. is the Wolfman, in my opinion, because he's just sad and miserable constantly. Um, I will be buying the color version for shoeless Lon Chaney Jr. And then when the black and white comes out, I think I'll get him for the Wolfman. But he looks really cool and he looks dead on for Lon Chaney Jr., in my opinion. Uh, And he's coming out in the fall. So other news, there is wave two of the Spinachers, which are busts that are designed to spin on records.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw those
1: are being a turntable and they mostly have universal license kind of stuff. So they showed uh, the big selling point were the Halloween threes are called, but the silver shamrock kids, mm-hmm. um, those are coming out. I haven't bought any. But the more I see, the more I kind of want to get them. So they're pretty cool. Um, Mike, I know you want this, but nobody can really afford it. The Iron Studios time-at statue from the Dungeons oh, & Dragons cartoon.
3: It's so cool.
1: You showed it to me. I thought it was like a regular statue. I didn't realize that it was $1,400. Yeah, it's massive. That's ridiculous. I'll never
0: well, own it. I
3: just want it.
0: <laughs> I somehow... I Like, I saw the pictures of it. I had no idea of the price. I didn't look it up because I, I saw it was Iron Studios.
3: Yeah, wow.
0: <laughs> That's but, but crazy. I
3: mean, to be fair, it's 22 inches and 41 pounds. Still. Yeah, okay. That's a huge piece of art. That's... That's crazy. 41
0: pounds of Tiamat.
3: I, I mean, know. I would never... Even if I had the money, I don't think I could justify spending that much money on something that just looks pretty. um, That isn't handmade. Like, if if it was, like, from an artist, like, the uh, custom piece, of course. But a mass-produced piece, I would have a hard time spending that much money. But, that being said, this is one of those pieces. I don't collect statues, but I just want it. (laughs) I want it really bad. But I know I'll never own it. That's gotta be like
1: twenty-two by twenty or something insane. Oh where yeah. do you have that kind of real estate
3: anywhere? Uh that's the thing I really don't, so stuff would end up being moved into storage in order to display this. <laughs> I you have know, no like You uh, can move Caleb cable. into storage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit out my damn coffee. <laughs> he won't mind once you show it to him. <laughs> As long as I give him a laptop with Minecraft, he'll be okay. <laughs>
1: um, Sorry, but you've got to go to military school. Daddy bought a team match statue.
3: <laughs> okay, Dad. Thanks. Maybe, maybe I can my wife to set it next to the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just on, on just her side. Next to our bed now. Just tell her to
1: sleep downstairs. You'll just put it on her side of the bed the rest of the time. <laughs> Cuddle it every night. <laughs>
3: Lovingly caressing its fire mane. So speaking oh, of I Tiamat, fourteen hundred dollars.
1: Would you, you know how Hasbro does HasLab stuff, mm-hmm. and they have one Dungeons and Dragons figure with um, Drizzt. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think it's done already. Like they're not going to do it anymore because that's the only thing they've announced. Would you crowdfund, like a four hundred dollar Tiamat dragon?
3: Oh, God. I probably would. Like a um, sandal sized, crazy big. Yeah, I probably would. That is one of these days, I would love for us to cover the LJN um, Dungeons and Dragons toy line because that was a huge part of my childhood. And I, I didn't really play Dungeons and Dragons much. I only played it a couple of times throughout my life. But the cartoon and the toy line were huge for me as a kid. And uh, a lot of my friends played Dungeons and Dragons, so I saw a lot of the miniatures growing up, but I just never really played the game. But yeah, if they were like, here's a uh, here's a, a a giant Tiamat toy, yeah, <laughs> I probably yeah. would. Or if they were like, hey, remember Fortress of Fangs? Here we're gonna do like a scaled up
0: version.
1: Oh, like,
0: yeah. All right, Mike, save it. You know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be all over that too. So
1: special announcement. For our one-month anniversary show, we're going to do a Dungeons & Dragons LJN review. A look (laughs) back, because Fortress of Fangs was and still is my favorite playset from the 80s. Love it. And I could talk in length about Dungeons & Dragons, much like Mike. But I'm going to keep the ball rolling here, because it's probably more than we think to talk about today. Uh, Mezco showed off their designer series, Big Chap, which is just like another alien figure uh, yeah. with a giant head from Mezco. I am I have so much alien crap, I don't need another alien thing, and there's nothing new about it. Looks cool. But, yeah. uh, you know, meh. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> McFarland has showed off more pictures of Spawn Universe Series 1 where you can get a good look at the articulation and holy hell are they cool. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah I'm totally going to be getting clown and violator and i'm saying i'm not going to get the rest but i'm probably going to get the rest <laughs>
4: uh,
1: but yeah definitely like i want the core characters from like the first one or two assortments definitely um like i don't think they'll ever make like bad rock again but if they did i would totally buy them
0: oh, um yeah i'd buy a bad rock
1: or like what was it uh, pilot spawn astronaut spawn there was uh there was pilot spawn yeah the one yeah. with the jetpack yes i love the white repaint of that one was my favorite yeah. very cool um another thing from McFarlane that just leaked out was buried in the news of the princess bride toys was that there were listings for new raw 10 figures so i don't oh. know if you guys caught these three of oh, them oh no and in three different price points. So I'm not sure what this means. So the regular $10 price point is a character called the Mean Hornet, which I'm guessing it's a take on the Green Hornet, but half robot, half Hornet. Use your imagination. It's McFarlane. There's a skew called the Wide Skew, called Pterodon, which is a uh, has to be a pterodactyl, right? Right. That'd I'm, be my guess. I'm guessing he's just a wide on the shelf because of the wings. Um, And then the third character they had as oversized, which I'm guessing this means cygore sized is Hoof. You guys remember Hoof the Rhino? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. So just the fact that Todd is going back to his older robot animal creations and visiting Hoof got me really excited and thinking about, like, holy crap. They could be doing it like they might do the robot ostrich or the alligator or uh space Cygore. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they went nuts. Yeah. So actually, I think this space Cygore was a different character entirely now that I think about it. But whatever, I will buy it. Um, <laughs> so I hope they keep that going because it's a great budget line. And I hope they've kind of learned their mistakes from like the weird poses you can't do anything with and made them a little more playable and poseable. Or in a better pose, so I hope the Hornet doesn't have a twisted head and it's Mm. in a weird, you know, and hopefully it has some sort of display base so you can make him look like he's floating.
0: You know, I'd I'd even take, like, three to four points of articulation and be happy, as long as it wasn't, like, permanently stuck in a weird pose.
1: Yeah. Right. It's a robot, a robot bee. I could, everything I could move in my mind with a robot bee. You know, maybe the wings or something, but like everything else can be static as long as the stinger can poke GI Joe's <laughs> and I mean, Skeletor can ride him, we're good.
0: I'm such a ridiculous fan of Invader Zim that immediately my mind goes just like, "You're after my robot B." <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: What? No. Did you want uh, my robot B? <laughs>
1: Back to NECA, they showed off Hamato Yoshi and Oroko Saki from the first TMNT movie as a Walmart two pack. I have a feeling this one's going to sit around for a long time. Uh, hardcore people want it, but I don't have any interest in it.
0: Yeah, same. yeah, I saw, I, I saw the Splinter and Shredder two pack enough that yeah. I think this one is just kind of like, uh, okay, guys
1: you're making everybody else, I guess, make this too. But, I mean, they're really like scraping the barrel to kind of stay relevant with the movie stuff, because there's not much left to make. Um, unless they move into, like, the newer movies, then I guess keep it going.
3: They could always uh, dip their toes into part three. Oh, God. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> can't
1: That'd wait for a... the, uh... No, just don't do it. I can't even make a joke. That movie sucked. Still <laughs>
4: The,
3: the warlord, warlord that's yeah. thrown off of a cliff and disappears into himself the the
1: one character that I guarantee you super seven's never gonna make is the fucking warlord oh
2: yeah
1: <laughs> anyway uh super seven last week we talked about how they showed off goldar they've announced the rest of the lineup in a putty patroller the green Ranger the yellow Ranger and holy crap the Tyrannosaurus Dinozord in a seven inch scale from super seven with a teeny tiny red ranger who can stand on his head and hold his hand up and be awesome. <laughs> so I said, I wasn't going to buy any of them. I'll be getting that. Um, and I hope to God, they announced that if you buy all of them, you can turn them into a gigantic Megazord, because Hasbro <sighs> did it and it wasn't good.
0: Yeah. See now if they announced that I'm going to be in on the Zords.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that it's gonna be hard to pass if if they can combine.
1: And it definitely looks like if this first wave is an indicator, they're only doing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers stuff. They're not gonna get into like space or Zio or SPD, any of that stuff. It's gonna be strictly, you know, the original show and a few Okay, wh- then I
0: have some so. hopes for some weird villains.
1: They gotta do one each wave, in my opinion. Um and I don't know. You know, because of Super 7, they might be, like, strictly the Japanese stuff, so you won't see, like, Lord Zed. Mm-hmm. But but you might see, like, Babu and Squat. I don't know what their Japanese names are. Or, you know, I-Guy, please, I-Guy, or Pudgy Pig. You know, I don't care who makes it, but whoever makes it first, I'm buying the monsters. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, anyways, uh, so that's coming out. And, you know, every time you say you're out with Super 7, they find a way to suck you back in. And last but not least, courtesy of Josh and everybody else, Funko brought back Turbo Man um, and brought him back in the summer, not during Christmas, which is a little odd because I was thinking about how he's a Christmas movie toy. You think that he would be out in the holidays with some sort of big shipper at Walmart, but um, Funko brought him back. And I was going to ask you guys, are there other toys you think would be cool if Funko kind of resurrected from the dead? I know it's putting you on the Mm. spot, like Boglins are back, Um, but they kind of came out before the show started. So I really haven't had an opportunity to bring them up, but it's the same molds that were out in the 80s, remolded. This is clearly the same Turbo Man.
0: Well, I know with the Boglins, some of the uh, I I know if I'm not mistaken, they are pretty much uh, self-produced by Tim Clark toys.
1: Yes, the guy who, who designed yeah. the Boglins. I have one. I have Lob.
0: And he, uh, I know he re-sculpted a lot of them. I can't so tell. They, so I, I, I know some percentage of them are new. I don't know if it's all of them, but, um, you know, I'm You know what I would say?
1: say? I, you go first, Josh.
0: I, I'm going to say rocks and bugs and things.
1: Ooh,
3: <sighs> yeah. I freaking loved that line. That's a great choice.
0: Like I, I actually think I, I have my feeling. You know, there's some Funko stuff that I really enjoy. I won't lie. Uh, I just think the pops are a little. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, but uh, I think they could really kill it with something like rocks and bugs and things because they could make the the mortals really like. They already almost seem Funko-ish in their style. Yeah.
1: You Uh, know the Mortals have been out for a while as a minifigure. Oh, yeah. You You know what I'd like to see? My Pet Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm thinking about it now, it probably would be a little too expensive.
3: Well, and the thing is, they've already done a... They did a My Pet Monster reaction and uh, the pop. So, yeah. it's like, why not just go ahead and do, like, you got the license, go all in. Yeah. Like, give but us the monster.
1: I don't want to pay $80 for it. Right. But, you know, it should be like, I think the original retail when it came out was like 30 or something. Like,
0: okay, okay, Funko, we get it. Quit teasing us with the outline. Show us the dick. Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, I forget the name of this toy line. I know, Josh, I'm sure you're going to remember this, but it was a Mad Scientist toy line. It um, was just called Mad Scientist. Just called Mad Scientist? Okay, because yep. I only ever had two of them. They were like little rubber monsters that you filled with slime, and then you could squeeze them, and slime came out of like their face.
0: Oh, and my
3: God, I love that line. They I, had, I got those as a Christmas gift when I was a kid, and I freaking loved them. And that's the only ones I ever had but i remember seeing that toy line and just i feel like that would be a fun fit for funko um to resurrect something like that
0: uh, man that toy line had one of my all time favorite playthings or play sets i guess it was uh i think it was just called the mad monster creation lab
3: mm. oh was that the one you could dissect
0: well that no, was no that, that was that the that was alien was the dissection monster, yep i oh, had okay. that one i still have all except for one gut piece of that figure. Um, nice. But the uh, the Monster Maker Lab was one where you took little like ball joint skeleton pieces and pieced together a skeleton, oh. mashed together the mad compound over top of the skeleton to give it skin, and then put it in a vat of quote unquote acid and melted the skin off so you only had the bones left.
1: Yeah, I That's had the same awesome. toy. It was, I had my, I had an uncle, we've all seen Silver Bullet, so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, had, I had my Gary Busey uncle that had to live with me for a while when I was a kid because he was hiding out from the law, which is another story unto itself, but by default, he had to watch me, my brother, all the time. He was like, you know, you're hiding out in our house, you're a free babysitter, and <laughs> He took us to Kaldor one day and they had uh, all the mad scientist stuff was like clearanced out. And he was like, holy crap, we got to get this stuff. And not only did he buy me the Mad Monster Maker, they had all the replacement cans of the compound. He bought like four of them. So if you didn't melt it, it was really good putty Play-Doh. Um, and like Josh, you make like awesome skeletons, but I was obsessed with this hammer movie, The Creeping Flesh or The Crawling Flesh, mm-hmm. where they find like a bone and it gets wet and it grows into this like really dumb looking monster that kills British people. Um, <laughs> watching it as an adult, it's horrible. But as a kid, I love the concept. So I reenact that all the time with Dr. Mindbender as my mad scientist. And he would make the green. Crawling, creeping flesh, bone monster that the hero would eventually drop into the vat of, I think it was like water and baking soda, that would dissolve the flesh off the bones. It took like ten minutes, I think. But you know, yeah, you enjoyed it. It was really cool, and the tank it came with was awesome. Great toy. And we totally <laughs> just did a free <laughs> our look back at toys already. <laughs>
0: Although there's a lot more we could go into with that line. It got weird.
1: Yeah, it. you know what? That's its own episode, probably. But too bad next week is already booked for LGN Dungeons and Dragons.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Well.
1: Some of LGN Dungeons and Dragons, because that is a big line.
0: Yeah, oh, it really is.
1: So many good pieces. All right, we have... We're going to cut to another commercial break from... Jim St. Jim. I don't know what his last name is, but he buys houses and he would like to tell you about it. Hey,
4: you sitting there in your house. Why don't you
2: let me buy it? I don't care if it's for sale. I don't care if you don't want me to buy it. You know why? Because I'm going to buy the fuck out of it. I'm going to get into your house. I'm going to buy it. And then I'm going to sell it again. And then I'm going to buy it again from that person. And then I'm going to sell it again to someone else. And then it's just going to keep going like that forever. You know why? Because I'm Jim. I buy your house. You want me to buy your house? Give me a call. 716-345-7487. Ask for Jim. Say, Jim, I want you to buy my house.
1: Okay, and we're back. Hopefully, when you call Jim to have him buy your house, you don't have the horrible Return of Living Dead fate where they nuke your town accidentally. So <laughs> be careful, everybody, when you call Jim. Uh, maybe you can find a payphone that still works. It might be uh, the safest way to contact him. So Yeah,
0: and, and really, like, I don't think any of us can truly vouch for Jim. So, yeah, call, call it your own risk.
1: Yep. And, you know, just don't show him the deed to your house because you may not have it when he's done. So, guys, I have a question for you this week I'd like to post to you. Um, I have been resetting up my collection in my basement and it got me thinking, what is the most prized piece in my collection? And I was wondering, do you guys have that one thing that you just love to death that is your favorite piece, your most cherished? You know, it could be. Uh D V D, uh an action figure, a t shirt, uh you know, a human skull. What what do you guys have um in your collection that's your most prized piece? Um uh, Mike, what Ooh. do you
3: think? Um it's well it's kind of a toss up, it's actually not toy related. Uh but I have two. I have uh the very first issue of Journey into Mystery uh, oh, wow. from Marvel Comics. Um, it was in my dad's collection and he was getting rid of all of his comic books and I kind of rescued them. It was like, wow, Because <laughs> they were going to sell them at a garage sale. I'm like, what chores do I need to do to keep these? <laughs> and um, one of them was Journey into Mystery Issue 1. I mean, it's beat to hell, but, you know, having Still, that in my collection is pretty freaking awesome. That's amazing. Um, and that was so that's been that's been with me since I was like 12 and then um, I have a uh, a it's a resin cast of uh, trash's face from Return of the Living Dead ooh. It, in her bite mode, like where she's about to bite the old man. Oh, um, that's cool. As and it was cast from the actual like the actual prosthetic. So um, it's just, you know, it's a cheap replica But my wife got it for me, I want to say it was an anniversary present about 12 or 13 years ago. Um, I know it was before my son was born, and it's been hanging in my computer room ever since, and I I adore it. It's one of my favorite pieces.
1: That's crazy. (laughs)
3: Yeah, that really
0: is. That's awesome, though.
1: I don't have anything that cool. (laughs) Josh, what about you?
0: You know, I'm going to, this is a really, it's a really tough call, but it's going to be a tight tie between probably, probably three items, like very, very tight tie. Um, One is my mail away Emperor Palpatine. I did not actually mail away for it. But I, I found it at, I found it at this weird little vintage toy shop. And as soon as I saw the little white mailer box, I knew exactly what it was. Uh, and someone like in pencil ha- had written like on the top corner of the box, 250. And I'm kind of <laughs> looking at it going like, this can't, this can't be, can't be 250. It's got to just be the box. And I open it up, and it's still perfect condition Kenner baggie, perfect Ooh. condition uh, Kenner ad booklet, which that in itself is, you know, I would have bought it for. Yeah. But uh walked up because it was also, it was like a weird collectible coffee shop. So oh. I walked over to the barista, and I was like, hey, uh, is this actually 250 like it says on it and she kind of looks at it and she's like yeah i guess did you want it wow And like, like yes <laughs> yes i would this was maybe this was at least like 20 years ago but even still like that's that's just sort of lived in that little white mailer box uh, every once in a while like i'll pull it out and look through the booklet but it's just like i think it's the only time I have in person seen the Emperor Palpatine figure with no paint scuff on its nose.
1: Yeah. That's so common with Emperor Palpatine.
0: And that, that in itself is, is worth just like keeping it bagged for me. Yeah. It's like, I have, Oh, god.
1: No, Mike, you got,
3: as I have to, I have to ask really quick. Did you feel like you were getting away with something when you got it for that price? Oh, I absolutely
0: did because it was clear like the barista, like, Knew nothing about the collectibles in the shop and was just there to sell coffee, but did not care.
3: I was like, because as you were telling that story, I'm like, oh, God, I would have totally felt like I was getting away with something. If
0: I was really tempted to grab more, but at the same time, I was like, I don't want to push this
1: Was this in uh, Buffalo.
0: Uh, It was in the Summit Park Mall.
1: Son of a bitch. I went to the same coffee shop before.
0: Man, where it wasn't was it like they were pushing weird.
1: they were pushing the coffee and it's like whoever owned the coffee shop had their childhood toys. And they were just yeah, selling. It
0: was just like a back wall display full of weird yeah, vintage toys.
1: With odd prices. And I remember yeah like early 2000s. Yep. Yeah, I remember stopping in there like getting a cup of coffee and being like G.I. Joe vehicles? What? <laughs> and yeah. you know I was like these are two tastes that do not go together. <laughs>
0: it's very weird and it was if i could be mistaken but i'm pretty sure it was like there during a time where kb toys was still a thing yeah so you could just like walk down to the other end of the mall and get some of the same toys for cheaper prices at kb
1: very that's so cool though and it's good that you have a story behind it you know
0: yeah that one it, it always sticks with me because it's like it it felt like i i pulled a heist wow <laughs> uh, i
4: um
0: the other two are i don't necessarily have as much of a story with them well actually that's that's a total lie uh because one is one one is uh i i'm a big fan of the artist dr a
4: mm-hmm. uh,
0: aka bruce whistlecraft who has a line uh he's most well known for his line of little robots called mectorians who are little uh steampunk ish victorian inspired robots uh and they're just fantastic uh but i commissioned a piece from him um and due to a miscommunication uh what i was actually commissioning was uh he had done a piece many many years ago that was obviously way out of my price range uh and i'm pretty sure it was just called pickman's model but it was like weird steampunk gear skull in a cage uh with tentacles that it, it's very hard to describe but it's it was just brilliant and i wanted to commission a drawing of it and he looked at the information and 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 took that i wanted his interpretation of the Pikmin's logo. Oh. Uh, and he got back, got back to me and was like, "Just, just to be sure, I'm reading this correctly. You wanted my interpretation of your logo." I was like, "I, I yes, <laughs> yes, that's what I'd like." <laughs> uh, so, well, it wasn't initially what I wanted. His, uh, his, my poor communicating and his. Misreading of it led to something that I loved even more. So it's the Pikmin's logo with a little is a mechanical squid with a little top hat and mustache. That's awesome. And the the final item, which uh, obviously cannot go without some amount of story is an autographed box of gummy penises. Uh, which <laughs> which reads to Josh will always have Studio 54. Love, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is because, well, when I was living in New York, she was doing uh, her one-woman show, Wishful Drinking, based on her book. Um, and I was working at a ticketing company, so I was able to see it a few times. Uh, but one night, I was down in the orchestra area, uh, and I was able to be the be her selected volunteer for the evening got to come up on stage and uh had like a princess leia wig put on me and and I was essentially used as an example of a geeky fanboy uh and it she ended the she would always end the first act doing something weird with the fan uh and my night in particular she pushed me down on her little couch and mounted my lap <laughs> and oh, then gosh. as soon as the curtain closed she looked at me and you know instantly was like are you okay, sweetie? Did I break you? <laughs> and you know I'm just like no i'm 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 fine, and I get up, and you know the stage manager's there, and it's like, okay, now post for picture and like and is there anything you'd like to like to say to Miss Fisher? And you know she's just there like checking her makeup in her own little hand mirror, and I'm just like blurting absolute fanboy mode I'm like I don't care what anyone says. I think you have been just as beautiful as always every year of your life. And she looks at me and she's just like, oh, sweetie. That's so sweet, but you don't have to lie to me. When we stand next to each other, we're the number 10. Because you're a skinny little number one and I'm a big fat zero. Now, give your email <laughs> to the stage manager to make sure you can get your picture, okay? Wow. Wow. <laughs> and then she started the second act by presenting me with a gift called me back up on stage presented me with a gift which was a box of gummy penises <laughs> and uh and then you know towards the at, towards the end of the show long time before i ever got a copy of the picture it was at the end of the show where it ends with like first a still image of her being put in a straight jacket yeah, And then a big fake news article with a pic- the picture that we took backstage and the headline of Carrie Elopes with Crazed Fan.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I would never wash those pants ever again.
0: <laughs> and and as a ridiculous side note, just because it, it has to go with the story, uh, I kept that picture, obviously, like, kind of framed in my cubicle while I was working at Theater Mania. And at one point, a relatively new person had stopped by my cubicle, and while she was talking to me, kept glancing at the picture, and finally, like, stopped mid sentences and apologized and was like, "I'm so sorry." I've is, and I'm like sitting and beaming, looking looking back and forth, like in my head, like, "Yep, that's Kira Fisher." And finally, she's like, "Is that your girlfriend?" <laughs> and yeah. my my jaw kind of dropped, and I'm like, ah, "That's that's Carrie Fisher," and she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, N- "That's that's Princess Leia. That's that's why we both have the Princess Leia wigs on." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, oh, 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 oh my God, I, oh." You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I just, I just kind of wondered if you had a thing for really older women. And immediately, like, immediately I went into fight mode. I was like, no, wait wait a minute. She looks amazing.
1: Holy crap.
0: Uh, Yeah. That that just kind of almost has to go with that that ridiculous so those are i would say those are, are three uh priceless items of mine
1: well thank you for defending carrie fisher's honor
0: always she, indeed
1: it's when it's you know in the nerd handbook you have to defend her no matter what i uh i have one item that's very cool to me but it's not so cool anymore um because Trick or Treat Studios makes one but way way back in the early 2000s uh I you know like all of us I had my frequenting conventions moment where I go to like way too many even though I couldn't afford to go to them mm-hmm. and I was I had a friend who would sell a convention so I would tag along with him get in for free help him sell at his table and you know half the time I was just roaming around the convention and I got to talking to Tom Sullivan, who did the effects in the Evil Dead trilogy.
0: Oh, and man, Tom Sullivan is such a, was such a cool guy.
1: He's uh, awesome.
0: Is, is he still alive?
1: Uh, I think so. Let's consult the bones, as Susan would say. Um, num, 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 num. Let's see here. Tom Sullivan.
4: Yeah, still alive.
1: Oh, good. So, I got to talking to Tom Sullivan, and Tom Sullivan was on some hard times. And uh, he did, like, a traveling show where he had all these Evil Dead props that he saved, and you kind of look at him and take pictures and then get an autograph from Tom Sullivan. And uh, if you're working at a convention, you kind of have ebbs and flows with when there's people around. And it was, like, a Sunday afternoon. He had nobody hanging around, and I'd just shoot the shit with people. And... I just threw it out there. I was like, hey, uh, would you ever like hand make a Necronomicon if somebody paid you? And I'm expecting him to say like
5: $10,000.
1: You're like, yeah, I'll do it. But this is like a crazy big ask. And he was like, I actually have done them before. Uh, It's $2,000. And I was like, what? So it's too expensive, but it's also kind of a price where in your mind it's affordable. So Mm -hmm. I'm in my early 20s, and I'm like, I can kind of get that money together. But I sort of put it out of my mind, but I I got his contact info. But
0: also, it's a handmade Necronomicon by Tom Sullivan.
1: Yeah. So what ended up happening is I got a job at a kitchen supply company that opened up in Rochester, and I got a management job somehow. And it was a horrible job, but it paid pretty nice, and I had no expenses. I was living at home fresh out of college, and I was just money to burn, and I ended up getting a few thousand dollars together. I quit the job because I hated it, but then I was like, well, I could save this, or I could get a an Necronomicon. I got old Tom Sullivan, and he made me from scratch a Necronomicon, like the cover. He, Please
0: cut in a clip of John Hammond saying, "Spent no expense.
1: Exactly. He hand-drew all the pages. Um, He wrapped it in this cool like it was all really heavy cardstock wrapped in leather cord but he had like do not open necronomicon um the book was super thick and the latex was super thick and rubber It's hard to open uh the pages were stitched into it by hand with like needle and thread um he signed it then i got bruce campbell to sign it so it's this piece that i have it's really awesome and if you're like an evil dead fan i can show it off and you could actually stop And look at all the pages instead of them flipping through the screen really quickly. Um, That's so cool. And there's a lot of like crazy marijuana references that you wouldn't catch unless you're like, you know, looking at all the pages that Tom Sullivan did. But now you can get the exact same thing from Trick or Treat Studios. I think there's less pages, but it's only like 90 bucks. So not as cool as maybe my $2,000 one, but, you know. It's pretty much the same thing, I think. I've never watched a review to see what people said about it, but I have that. And
3: I would say yours is cooler. I was gonna say, yeah, handmade, definitely cooler.
1: Yeah. Um and I remember when I brought it to Bruce Campbell, he was doing a tour for his If Chins Could Kill book. And I was, you know, being super nerd. And if you ever miss you know, if you ever met Bruce Campbell, he's kind of a dick. Um and he had seen one of these books before, so like they're numbered as he makes them. And he was like, oh, one of Tom's books. And he grabbed it and put it over his knee and cracked it to open it ah. and to sign it. And I was like, oh, God, no. Oh. Um, but then it sprung right back into its original shape because the rubber or whatever he used to cast it, uh, like a silicone rubber, just held its shape and it went right back to where it was. Uh, so I have this picture of me with Bruce Campbell being a jerk with my Necronomicon. Like the whole thing is just a crazy experience. Uh, And then I think it's not really valuable, but like in my collection, as far as toys go, I have a Michael Jackson graveyard gang, Bendy. (laughs) It's super rare, but it's not really sought after. So it's not super valuable. Um, But I found it at a toy show just in a bin. Somebody didn't know what it was. They just said like Bendy zombie $4. And immediately (laughs) I was like. Holy crap! This is this is like Midnight Mike. So <laughs> I have that in my collection. I'm very proud of it. And I have a little pewter mummy that I got as a kid at a flea market. That was like my first official collectible. Like I didn't play with it, and it's very dated. It's like it's on it's glued to a, a polished piece of granite. And I've, I've never lost it. I've always had it because, you know, you grow up, you lose your toys. And I've always yeah. kept that. It's like a paperweight. But, um, yeah, I think those three things are my most prized pieces. I've never gone back and got the rest of the Graveyard Gang. I kind of want to, but I have there's always bigger fish as far as my collection goes. So I might look at that tonight now that I think about it.
0: Here's um, here's a fun ridiculous side note because I I also went to meet Bruce Campbell on that if chains could kill tour. Uh-huh. And uh I got my copy of the book signed of course. Uh which you know in in on the inside cover it's it's what is it? Bruce don't call me Ash Campbell. Yeah. And right underneath it he signed Bruce Campbell Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, like, looking looking right next to it is just a moment of, like, uh, 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 okay, I'm getting mixed messages here. <laughs> I, made,
1: I made the mistake of when I met him. I was kind of still green to the whole, like, getting an autograph thing out. So with my friend Meredith, who is also a big, huge Bruce Campbell fan. And never make that mistake of, like, bringing a girl with you because you're going to get pushed aside for the cute girl that's standing with you in line and i was like oh bruce campbell I'm a big fan he was like yeah yeah whatever who's your friend <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was still a fun experience so uh but that's happened to me like if my wife's ever with me at conventions it's always like yeah yeah step aside who are you how's it going you know like i'm i'm kane Hodder. have you seen my movies
4: <laughs>
1: uh, But Okay, so that is a little peek into pieces in our collection. I think we'll revisit that many times because I'm sure you could just stop and look at a bookshelf and be like, oh wait, I forgot about that thing. Oh, or,
0: yeah. Oh,
1: I have this, or I'm really fond of Orco. Whatever. <laughs> um we can kind of come nice. back. Nice. <laughs> so we had some listener mail. I have been trying desperately to get our fans to interact with us by leaving feedback for the website on iTunes and Stitcher and Google and Spotify and Podbean. And we got more angry uh, email than we actually got positive responses to the show. But, you know, we can own them. And wear them on our sleeve as a badge of honor. So, listen to this very hilarious, in my opinion, angry listener mail from somebody from French Canada, all the way up in Montreal, sent us an angry voice email.
0: I listen to your podcast. I have to tell you this shit. I'm sitting in Montreal with my
2: balls that are so big. I cannot keep them in my pants
0: because I love horror that much. I tell you, you do not love horror. You love shit. You love shit toys. You love taking shits. You love your small balls. I sit here with my big French balls.
4: I know I am not shit.
1: You know, it's funny that we have a French listener base, but we don't speak French. And as far as I know, the closest we get into Canada is the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. But maybe, you know, some people at Rue Morgue have kind of spread the word through the Great North. And they're just some very angry, big, bald French people. That just hate this podcast. But anyway. But hey, I uh, hope
0: they keep listening.
1: Hey, you know what? Yeah. Ears are ears. You could hate listen or you can love listen. But as long as you're listening, that's all that 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 matters to me. Um, so we had a contest last week where I had a Rise of the Ninja Turtles, Alberto figure that I was giving away to a lucky listener that left us a five star review and let us know about it. And as of writing right now, we have four five-star reviews, two of them with actual reviews. There's two that are anonymous. And of those two reviews, one person let me know that they actually left a review. So by default, they're the winner. But because they put the effort in and really wanted to play the contest, not only are they winning Alberto, they'll be getting extra cool freebies from the... Count Creepy Heads prize closet, which is um, massive, just overflowing with cool stuff. And that winner is one Mrs. Susie Hunt, who is a complete stranger to the world of podcasting. I've never heard her name. I don't know about you guys, but I I don't know. But,
0: you know, I'm going to I feel I feel like she's the type of person that deserves something like, oh, Susie. You came and you loved on our podcast, so we give you toys that don't suck ass.
1: You know, I think of Susie and I wonder, does she collect toys or does she have like a nephew? Or is there like a feral kid who lives in her backyard that she kind of leaves trinkets to? We may never know, but... That's uh true. And I think it wouldn't be an episode of Count Creepy Heads podcast if we didn't have a funny anecdote. We've already had a few. I just made the joke about a feral kid in a backyard. Mike, if you've done anything like this, chime in. Uh, I'm not
3: sure where this is going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'll see in a second. I had to kind of trick my daughter into brushing her teeth when she was little. So you know what it's like to get a toddler to brush her teeth? They just hate it. uh, so you have to like hold them down, like, hold still, come here, open your mouth, let me get your cavities, you know, yeah. and we tried to be good parents, but she started eating candy and it's just like you couldn't fight it anymore. So we just had to keep up on brushing her teeth and we had to create a fictitious character to scare her into this is what's going to happen if you don't brush your teeth. So my backyard has a stream, a creek that runs through the backyard, and we told her that there was this weird, feral kid who lived outside named Jimmy Crunchers. <laughs> all right? Jimmy Crunchers didn't take care of his teeth. Jimmy Crunchers ate garbage all day, so his teeth were trashed. And on the fly, she was like, no, Daddy, you're, you're lying. I was like, no, I'll show you a picture. And I showed her a picture of Gollum from <laughs> Lord of the Rings. And she was like, Oh, my God. So it's like a picture of him, like, eating a fish out of a stream. And I was like, I took this the other night when I was taking the garbage out. That's Jimmy Crunchers. He always asked me if you can hang out and play with him. I tell him no. But I was like, if you don't brush your teeth, you're going to start looking more and more like Jimmy Crunchers. So we got to keep up with that. And immediately she was like, let's do it. Let's brush my teeth right now. (laughs) So she just, like, a few months ago was like, wait a second. Is
3: Jimmy Crunchers real? And I was like, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually done a few things like that with Caleb. Uh, the one that stuck around the longest is when he was, I want to say about four. Uh, hit hell of a time of getting him to stay in his room for bedtime. And I convinced him that there was a creature that lived in the basement called the Snarglepuss. <laughs> and I had to I had to let it out at 830 to feed it. And if he was awake when, or he was, you know, downstairs when I had to let it out, it would chase him. So he was terrified of this thing called the Puss. And I would always, like, reach behind the couch and, like, thump on the radiator be like, oh, he's getting restless. You better go upstairs. Like, for years, I had him convinced. And, like, every time my wife was in the basement doing laundry, he would, like, gingerly sneak down the stairs and look around. I'd be like, where's the Snarglepus?" And I was like, oh, well, it's invisible when it's sleeping. So you can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> but if he sees you, he's going to try to eat you. <laughs> so, and, I mean, years went by. And then he was like, you know, I tried, I pulled the Snarglepus joke. And he just looked at me as serious as could be and went, dad, the Snarglepus isn't real. I know you're lying. <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> 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 But the other time, and this was actually kind of adorable. It was when the the bot bots first came out. Um, wh- wh- it was a couple of years ago. What like Christmas twenty eighteen? I think. Yeah. Uh, um, twenty
0: that... seventeen. Yeah, somewhere around there. That sounds right.
3: I would say he he was a, he was a few years younger, and um, I I, I bought a pack, and uh, like just because I was like, oh, these look cool, and and Josh had been telling me about them, and one of the the figures was like a little uh like a game pad, and Caleb being obsessed with tech latched onto that figure and just fricking loved it. And then he started playing with all the little figures and he was laying on the floor, actually playing with the bot bots. And it's rare that I find a toy line that he actually wants to sit and play with. Um, So I was excited as hell. I was like, Oh my God, these are really cool. And then what I started doing was buying the packs and hiding the bot bots around the house and telling him because he treated the other ones so well, these ones wanted to come and live with us too. And I would just leave them and let him find them. And he was so excited thinking like these little toys were alive and coming to live with us. And I did that for like probably about two months straight. And then eventually he found one of the packages like buried in my garbage. can. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, Dad, you're buying those, aren't you? And I was like, oh, man, he found out.
1: That's the uh, little dad thing to do. He's going to look back at that and you know love you See, for
0: hopefully <laughs> i hope so. now because i am not a parent i don't i don't have any fooling fooling your kids stories i do have a fooled your kids story though that uh <laughs> has has a ridiculous ending i know i know mike has heard this story so when i was younger there was one night in particular that for 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 whatever reason i was just i didn't want to go to bed i was scared there was something in my room and i didn't want to go to bed with the lights out i wanted to sleep with the lights on so my mom came in compromised she was like okay so the night lights not enough we're gonna like we're gonna turn the closet light on and just leave the door cracked is that okay i'll check the room for monsters She went through and she checked the room. She checked under the bed. She checked in the closet. Any place there could be a monster. Tucked me in. Turned the closet light on. Turned the main light out. And then from under the bed. A monster hand emerged and gripped the edge of the bed. (laughs) And this tall, leering figure... Leaned over the bed, which I could only see an outline of because, you know, he was silhouetted by the light coming from the closet. Leaned down and went. And crept into the closet. (laughs) Because my father had been waiting. Under the bed with a pair of rubber monster hands for hours. Wow. I don't think I've ever run faster as I ran out of my room screaming, Mom!
1: <laughs> that is some commitment to f*** with your kid.
0: Now, if you want further commitment, this is the fun end to the story. <laughs> I a, a couple of years before my dad passed away, I was telling this story to my mom. And she's she's laughing. She's like, hold on, hold on. You've got to tell your father this story. I don't think he's ever heard this from your perspective. (laughs) (laughs) So I go and I tell my dad the story. And he's, the whole time, like, when, when something was really funny, dad would, he would almost start out with the muttly laugh. So he'd, like, cover his mouth and it would be the... (laughs) <laughs> and he he lets that out and he looks at me. And he's like, "Oh, that's really f-ing funny." But it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets up and walks out of the room with me, just slack jawed, looking at my mom. And she just kind of shrugs and looked at me and walked out of the room too. <laughs> So I can genuinely say that to the day he died, my father never admitted that that was him under my bed, so I can never be 100% sure. <laughs> never break kayfabe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's that,
0: and face. and that explains a lot about me, really.
3: <laughs> Honestly, I feel like we, the three of us could probably tell some crazy stories <laughs> from our childhood. I I don't want to go off on a tangent, but Between my siblings and my father, there were many times that they scared the crap out of me growing up Um, to the point where, like, my mom innocently – my mom is super innocent. I know, Josh, I know you've met her. Um, It's it's funny because if you meet my parents, it's like, how the hell did she end up with him? My (laughs) my dad's kind of messed up. Um, But, like, you know, she could not for the life life of her understand why I liked horror movies so much. And I'm like, because they were my entire childhood, like, I was tormented to the point where that torment became comfort. And She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dad locked me in the basement and moaned brains through the vent when he found out I was (laughs) terrified of the tar man. I was like, my brother, (laughs) my brother held me down and held my eyes open and forced me to rewatch the ending of Deadtime Tales or Deadtime Stories over and over again, yelling, Mom said it's good for you to face your fears. <laughs> like, my sister locked me in a crawl space when I was afraid of the troll in cat's eye. <laughs> like I had some effed up childhood experiences that I look back now and laugh at. But it's it's that kind of experience where when you tell a new person that story, they just stare at you like slack-jawed in horror. Like you had a horrible upbringing. <laughs> it's like, "Nah, it's fine. I'm good." Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but and this is why I find comfort in horror movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got others I can tell, but I'll save them for other times, for more yes. more appropriate discussions.
1: We'll spread it out. <laughs> um, where are we at? So I'm going to try the contest again. I'm going to keep bribing our listeners for positive reviews. And this
3: week's contest, should I do like a monthly contest, you think? Um, I, I know that's, that's how we do it over on the Boogeyman's Closet, and it seems to work pretty well because you can kind of build up the hype all month long. All right. This is what I'm going to do. I am
1: going to reveal the first item in this month's prize pack. And I'm going to add one each podcast until the grand crescendo. All you need to do is leave us a five-star review and send us a picture. The first item in this prize pack for anybody who wants to become a VHS collector or you are a VHS collector, these items are great. If you want to use them as like a backdrop to your action figure stands or displays, or if you have a VCR, they're still easy to find if you go to any Salvation Army or Goodwill. But I have a nice minty fresh Friday the 13th part four on VHS. Ooh. Item number one from my personal collection. It has been kept in a climate controlled environment for years. It's yours. It's mold free. Case is pristine. And there will be three other awesome items added to this lot. All you need to do is leave a five-star review, send a screenshot to me, Michael Ome, to Joshua Hibbard, or Hi. to Mike Alvarez. Hello. All you have to do. And I'll tell you what. And if that's not your bag, leave a five-star review for Boogeyman's Closet. And I will count hey. you, it. you leave a review somewhere, and you're entered in the contest but I need a screenshot to prove that you did it. And I'm trying to think who the other person that left us an amazing review. Uh, they didn't tell me about it. So unfortunately I'm disqualifying them. Let me check the podcast very quickly on my phone. Shame, shame. It was Josh <laughs> Strasberg,
0: ah. Josh Strasberg,
1: who doesn't even collect toys or understand the obsession. Really? Is how he worded his review. (laughs) So I guess he doesn't want a Ninja Turtle. (laughs) (laughs) For shame. If he wants to enter this next contest, Josh, if you're listening, let me know, dude. And I will enter you into the contest. So
3: Friday the 13th, I know he's a big Jason fan.
1: Well, if he doesn't have a VHS collection, he can now. And maybe.
3: Enter it so gently.
1: Oh, he's going to buy dinner first. <laughs> talk to it. <laughs> never mind. Gonna, gonna I'm going to tear a little bit. I'm not going down this road. And Maybe I have some awesome Jason collectibles from China that I got from wish.com. You never oh. know. Anyways, you'll have to listen next week to see what I add to the lot. But now we have another word from our sponsors before we speak to our resident weirdo, Mangler the Magnificent. So, a word from Jim, who likes to buy houses.
2: Hey. I see you over there with your pretty house. Bet you'd like it if someone came up and got inside of it and bought the shit out of it, because my name's Jim. And that's what I do. I buy houses. You got a house? I'm going to go inside it. i going to get so far inside that house. oh! Then I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy the shit out of it. And you know what? You're going to love it. You're going to be like, oh, Jim, oh, I love the way you buy my house. I'm going to buy another house, but then I just want you to buy it. Oh, and you know what? I'm going to buy that house, too. I'm going to buy that house, and then I'm going to sell it. You know who I'm going to sell it to? You. And then I'm gonna buy it back. Cause you'll love who I buy the house so f- much. Call me. I'm Jim. 716-345-7487. Tell him Jim sent you. To Jim. Oh. That that <laughs> Jim. Jim is a thirsty guy.
0: <laughs> he's so thirsty. He's thirsty for houses.
1: He's thirsty for real estate. Man, that Jim... He really loves houses. He is a thirsty, thirsty gentleman for your real estate. So if you're looking to sell, he's looking to buy. So, guys, I know the reactions are a little mixed on him, but Manglor is here to stay. He's part of our, our lovely little fun house that we have our show in. And it's my turn to ask for a wish. So I'm going to go talk to him. You guys ready?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes? Uh, it's my turn for a wish this week.
5: Ah, the man-child. It's been a long time. What's your wish? Well, I was gonna wish... Wait. Let me guess. You want Linnea Quigley's telephone number again, don't you? (laughs) What? What? No. I was going to wish... It's okay. I won't sell. But what do I say? Um, you you say
1: that, um, you're a disembodied head in a box and you're not a telephone book and to leave you the hell alone.
5: Yes, that's right. But don't worry. If that's your wish...
1: Oh, uh, no, 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 no. It, it, it's, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say no, but, um... No, I, I was going to wish for a, um, a Sergeant Kabuki Man, Toxic Crusader
5: uh, figure, because that would be cool. How about that? Can I wish for that? Okay, if that's what you want. Are you sure you don't want Linnea's telephone number? I, I have it right here in front of me in my Rolodex. How, how do you have a Rolodex? Don't ask questions.
1: Um... Well, I mean, like, could I call her? Or- I don't know. Um, yeah,
5: uh, sure. I mean, if you want to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell your wife, you loser. No, <laughs>
1: no, 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 don't do that. Don't. No, listen. I was joking. I No, I don't need that telephone number. An action figure wish is fine.
5: <laughs> Guess what? You get neither, loser. <laughs>
1: Don't
5: go away. Judge Judy's on.
1: Oh, man. This sucks. Hey. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, we're back. And now we're going to have our vintage toy talk of the week where we bring up the legendary Toxic Crusaders line that. I'm sorry, if you didn't play with this line as a kid, I need to take your card away as a horror nerd, because this was... It wasn't the first horror toy line geared towards you, but my god, they snuck under the cracks, and it was everything it needed to be in, then some, for a rated-R exploitation movie where they run a kid's head over with a
0: car. Like, really, they're... Of all of the kid inappropriate properties, this is the most kid inappropriate property
3: to have a toy line. Absolutely, I, I think it's a it's the a close second behind it is probably RoboCop, because RoboCop yep. is a really violent movie where someone gets shot in the dick. Yeah, so, bitches <laughs> I mean, leave. But we had an entire toy line based and a cartoon. <laughs> Maybe Rambo. You yeah, because that's yeah. Just, you know PTSD, and we're like, hey, glorifying war.
1: <laughs> but I mean, that would be like if they made a, a children's cartoon and then a toy line for "I spit on your grave." <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what oh I mean? God! Like, like, how could you justify like, hey, it's last house on the left from Kenner. <laughs> yeah, <You
3: know? laughs> the "I spit on your grave" toy line would have to have speedboat playset. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> spit on your grave playset
0: with new speedboat. <laughs> from a
1: bathtub cast castration playset.
3: <laughs> no bathtub castration role play oh man <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I totally uh, I was the perfect age when this came out USA used to play the toxic avenger on a loop I swear to god I would wake up in the morning to go to school <clears throat> and part 2 or part 3 would be on yup And I would just watch it like a maniac. And I loved all three of them. I rented them constantly. So when the cartoon came out, I didn't like the cartoon as much as I love the movies. Same. Uh, uh, But once I saw those toys from Playmates, I I had to get them all. And
4: And
0: they I mean, because they so many of the people involved in Ninja Turtles, uh, Playmates worked on the Toxic Crusaders line. It fit in perfectly, so it really oh, yeah. the toys looked like an extension of Ninja Turtles. They really did,
1: and it's a shame they didn't cross over.
0: Yeah, that would have been amazing,
1: man. And they teased it in the the the, the turtles line or the turtle show from a few years ago with Casey Jones mentioning Troma High School
0: mm-hmm. as a throwaway. Yeah, that's true.
1: And I got so excited. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do the Toxic Crusaders. But they didn't.
3: They did Muckman. Um,
0: Although Muckman basically is the the Ninja Turtles version of Toxie.
3: Well, and in the the modern cartoon, well, the 2012 cartoon, he actually does the scene where Toxie throws the guy in the garbage can and speed speed bags his nuts. You know, (laughs) like they do that in the cartoon. Do you guys remember where you were when you first saw these?
1: Yes, I do. I remember seeing them at KB Toys.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty positive I saw them at KB.
1: I walked, you know, they used to, like, they do the, they had the toys coming out into the mall to kind of entice you. They had a big, oh, big when I was a kid. It's not big now, but they had a little display set up with all the Toxic Crusaders. And I remember picking up Toxic in No Zone because he Mm -hmm. had, he came with slime that would drip out of his nose. You had to have that. Yep. And then quickly, every time I got allowance, going back and getting more and more and more. Um, but God, they were so cool.
0: See, I I started with a big surprise. I started with Doctor Killamoff. Uh, he's started,
4: done.
0: and um, Bonehead. Those were my first two.
1: Bonehead was my third because he was clearly uh, Pop whoever Rock he was from Scare the first or yeah but he was also the guy from the first movie who's like wound up constantly he's kind of an <laughs> yes. amalgam of the two goons uh the way he's voiced so i knew it and i loved him um and then i think i got killamos uh sidekick who was voiced by like you heard you heard his voice and you're like oh it's that guy from scrooged um
3: oh uh, he was in sleepaway camp 3 he uh, yes oh He's That's the guy a that was like going sweet. pay. I can't remember his frickin name, though. He has Gosh. such a distinct
1: voice that I was. Yeah. Like,
3: oh, my God, I have
1: to have this guy He's awesome.
3: Yeah. He's uh, in House of Thousand Corpses right in the beginning. Um, yeah. The, he's talking to Spaulding. But Dr. Zayas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dr. Zayas. Oh, God, I can't remember his name either. I, I was actually my first time ever seeing him. I was in Ames of all places. And uh, they only had a couple of them. They had Headbanger and Junkyard. And I remember buying Junkyard all excitedly because, like, he just he looked like a Ninja Turtle toy. Yeah, that yep. was my first one. Um, I later got the Radiation Ranger. I had a hard time finding him when I was a kid. I got the Radiation Ranger and Dr. Killamoff at I think it was KB. I want to say it was KB. I know it was at an actual toy store. Um, but then, like, I never found any other than Toxy. Like, I got Toxy and then I couldn't find any more for the longest time. And it was, like, I want to say at least two or three months after I bought Junkhead that I finally found Bonehead um, and then saw Headbanger again and finally got him. The only ones I didn't have were uh, Psycho and Major Disaster.
0: Man, yep. Major Disaster was cool.
3: So he looked cool, I, like the whole Commando plant thing.
1: I had a Broken Headbanger... So I just had the mad scientist half of Headbanger. I had them both, (laughs) but I remember uh, I made like this garbage custom toy with that broken head from Headbanger, uh, the mad scientist, whoever that the left half was. Mm. Um, I still have it in a box somewhere, and I loved it. It it had like broken transformer parts and wire and glue. I mean, it was literally made out of garbage, Sid from Toy Story style. But it's had this head in a box, and I was like, perfect! And kind of (laughs) plopped it on top and made it real.
0: Man, sometimes those were the best customs as kids, though. Totally agree. I
1: still have one that is Blowtorch from G.I. Joe with Night Creeper crotch. His arms and his legs are a compy from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So he has these little tiny dinosaur arms to tiny dinosaur legs with this, like, leather biker aesthetic for <laughs> a human torso. And I call him Chicken Boy, and I've had him forever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just, he looks ridiculous. One of my favorite, like, cobbled-together custom toys as a kid was, do you remember uh, the Cops and Crooks line? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it was Cuckoo from Cops and Crooks. So it was, like, the weird punker dude with the mohawk. um the rubber band snapped so i i had him in pieces and um i just hot glued his upper torso to like one of those like finger skateboards (laughs) and like put like a i I don't even know if it was like from the hydrofoil or some gi joe vehicle i hot glued an engine to the back of it and like a machine gun to the front of it and he was just like this half robot like Almost like a really bad knockoff from the X-Men Ravagers. That's that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking of. Right. And this was was like the late 80s, early 90s when this happened. And I played with that thing until it fell apart. (laughs) It was just dumb, but fun. You know, we
1: always veer off into weird tangents, but they need to make that half-man, half-tank guy from the Ravagers in Marvel Legends.
0: They really do.
1: I love that toy. Uh, that that so figure was great. We have established that we all love the Toxic Crusaders. Did you guys love it enough to buy the vehicles?
3: I did not have any of the vehicles. My parents would not let me get them. I had Bonehead's bike, and
0: I think I had the uh, the, the the garbage barge thing.
1: Yeah, uh, I never I never got them as a kid, but now I have in the box. I just found it cheap at a toy show. Uh, is it the garbage barge? It's like. It's a uh, surfboard with a sail with Toxie's face on it for Toxie.
3: Oh, that was the Toxic Turf Surfer?
1: Okay, that's the Toxic Turf Surfer. I have that. And I've always been on the lookout. It was like some sort of knockoff, but they made a 12-inch Toxie along the oh, same yeah. time that Toxic Crusaders came out. But I don't think it was like an official thing. It was like you can get it in Canada and other places. And it just, it's just a blown-up version of the toy. It's really cool. Uh I never got that, and I've always wanted it.
0: I don't um, think I even saw or was aware of that.
1: I picked up so my Toxic Crusaders were beat to hell because I played with them so much. Um, and I was at like a horrifying convention or one of the big ones, and somebody was selling a complete loose collection of the Toxic Crusaders, so I picked them all up. And then I went on eBay to see if there was like little pieces that I was missing, and then I found that. But it was, even then, it was like ninety bucks. Now it's three, four hundred. If you find one of them, um, but it's really cool, and of course there's the the book that came out. The was it the toys that never got made. There was like that awesome second series. Oh yeah, the Toxic Crusaders that never happened. Uh, yeah, great. Um, so yeah, Toxic Crusaders kind of a legendary or toy line that, rightly so, gets a lot of uh, fanfare and credit for kind of making it okay to like this kind of stuff, to be a whore kid, but also play with toys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, times were different in the eighties. It was very common for, you know, uh, eight, nine, 10 year old to watch from you know, net realm street, uh, any kind of Jason movie, anything. Cause parents were a lot more lenient with what their kids watched or what you could rent um, or what was on TV that just with the nudity cut out. Yeah. So, toxic adventure <laughs> mostly a lot of troma movies lent themselves to um like late night horror watching and uh it was awesome those came out i was always very mad that kabuki man didn't get any love uh but he was kind of also what put troma on ice for a few years because it was such a massive failure yeah but that is a story for another time uh we're going to pause for one second is that a cat or is that caleb
0: no that's a cat Oh, um, that's that's Dr. Mew being noisy
1: does he want a guest on the show
0: yeah. what would you like Dr. Mew what's the problem I don't know he's just yelling about something he's a noisy boy he just walks around like hey <laughs> hey <laughs> he kind of does
3: my one cat Edgar does that in the middle of the night if Jess and Caleb are asleep and I'm sitting in, in the computer room he'll just walk around being like wow and I'm like, Edgar, up here. It'll come running. He'll look at me and then walk away and keep doing it. It's like, dude, what the fk? Why are you yelling at
1: the dead? He's, you know, hello.
0: <laughs> I I have placated him by sitting on the kitchen floor where he has gotten onto my lap. Ah. <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah, so, I, I have weird cats. Yeah. You're a cat guy. Now, the. Yeah, now the other one's here. I, I don't know what to do with them.
1: They demand a sacrifice, Josh.
0: I'm going to eat them.
1: <laughs> okay, guys. We have one last word from our sponsor this week, Jim, who buys houses and pets cats.
4: Hey. It's me again. It's your new best friend. You know why I'm your best friend?
2: Send me in your house. I'm going to buy it. And you're going to love it. You're going to love it so much. You're going to look at the house. You're going to look at me. You're going to say, Jim, I want you to buy the f*** out of my house. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy the f- out of your house. And then you're going to be like, Jim, I got a new house. I need you to buy it for me. 'Cause I'm so good at buying houses. Call me. I'll buy a house. Seven one six three four five seven four eight seven. If you want me to buy a house, I'll come get inside it. I'll buy it so f- good. Oh go to buy that house. Jim is hydro he's is... everywhere. <laughs> Hail Jim. <gym. laughs> Hail houses.
1: Oh Lord. Okay, guys, so our Poor Toy Hall of Fame winner from last week was a blowout. Nothing came close to Toxie from Toxic Crusaders. He won two to one compared to every other toy that we brought up, which was Captain Alexi and the Gorilla Alien. Uh, they did okay, but the Toxic Revenger got six votes. And the only thing that came close was a Gorilla Alien at three. So he is the second entry into our Horror Toy Hall of Fame. And I have printed out in my lovely 3D printer a golden Toxie head. Woo! From nice. Somebody made a loving recreation of the Toxic Crusader with Masters of the Universe style articulation. So I printed out just the head. And I put it on a stand, and uh, that is a little trophy. It's the best I could do right now because I am not going to paint my Toxic Avenger figure gold anytime soon.
0: And, and you know, like, unless you get a beater one, Toxie isn't all that cheap.
1: No, yeah. no, he isn't. And I would feel bad because he's such a fun toy to play with. Brewing uh, it with, like, some metallic, you know, like, auto body paint from... Auto zone to, to make him look cool, chrome him out. So I'm not gonna do that. I Get will Chroma zone. Print
0: it. zone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys got your picks ready for this week?
3: Indeed. I'm hoping I, I don't uh cross over with you guys.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go first because I want a winner. I need a winner. It. It's driving me nuts. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. I nominate the slime pit. Oh, (laughs) that's a good one. It's going to go in one way or the other, but I want to say I picked it because if there is the be all end all of slime toys, it's the slime pit and every kid had it. It destroyed everybody's toys and the Masters Universe slime is without an argument, the greatest slime of all time. I will fight you on it.
0: It, Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you there.
1: Nothing has ever come close to the Mattel recipe for the Masters of the Universe Slime. And if anybody from Mattel is listening, bring it back. For the love of God, bring it back. Yeah. Maybe Funko. That's something Funko should do. Masters of the Universe Slime and the Slime Pit. Make it happen. Chop, chop. (laughs) I just want the Slime Pit. Just... It's a giant skull you fill with snot-colored slime, and there is a skeletal hand. It's on this weird Aztecan toilet. It's like a tombstone, and there's a pit that a guy sits in, and there's a bone claw that'll hold him in place by and a then, crotch.
4: He by the crotch, the crotch. <laughs>
1: it grabs him by their nuts. So the cover of the box is poor beast man getting his nuts crushed. While a giant skull vomits slime onto his head. And the lore within Master's Universe is that it'll turn you into a slime zombie after the fact. But just the toy itself was hours and hours and hours of fun. Covering all of your toys with slime. Except do not do it to Mossman and don't do it to Grizzlor. But you did it anyways and you rode him.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't do it to my Grizzlor. Same. I did. It washed
1: up. <laughs> he just would get mad. he looked like an old shag carpet afterwards. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike, would you like to go? Sure.
3: Uh, I'm going to kind of cross over a tad with the slime toy. But because someone has to nominate him, we're going to go with Playmates Muckman. Oh. Um, yeah, that's one of those ones I, I think any Ninja Turtle collector or fan when they were a kid would remember muck Man. He was literally a living pile of garbage. Um, just ugh, the slime features with the backpack that would ooze out of his chest, the brain pants, that would ooze out of his mouth. Like it was such a great figure and was repeatedly a monster for my GI Joe's to fight. Um, I honestly found him pretty terrifying when I first got him, like seeing the skeletal pieces, like through the, the garbage body. Um, it always kind of gave me the gave me the willies, but I loved it. I loved the little uh, Joe eyeball sidekick character. Just, there was so much cool about that figure, and uh, you know the the recreation from the modern uh, TMNT line was really cool as well. But it, it just couldn't hold up to the the original. He was so. my tar
1: man. Every time yes. I played zombies, it was always Muckman.
3: Yep, I had a whole uh, <laughs> a whole game that I used to play. Where like the uh, the muck man lived in the sewer playset, and like the Joes had to go down into the sewers to try to exterminate this creature, <laughs> <laughs> and it would always like drag them into the tunnels and eat them.
1: <laughs> oh man, that Ninja Turtle sewer playset was awesome because it had the pipes.
3: Yeah, it really
0: was. I think it was the best. Oh man, now I'm just thinking about like Muckman with like red slime dripping out of his mouth to like simulate simulate having eaten a Joe.
1: Man, right. <laughs> I always had to i'd forget to clean him after I put the slime in him because the Ninja turtle slime was really runny and
0: yeah. he would
1: crust up and get like slime boogers, <laughs> yeah and I have to go back with a toothpick and chip all the slime out. <laughs> oh man, it brings back memories and then I put the thicker stuff you get out of the gumball machine inside of him, and that would get stuck because it wasn't runny enough
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and I'm thinking about this, and I hope the super seven. Version of uh Muckman has the slime feature oh, because I, so. I, I will probably do it just for old times' sake. Oh God, yeah. Josh, you know
0: I'm
3: you, I'm gonna. Can
1: you beat the slime pit and can you beat Muckman?
0: Well, it's I we have a common theme this week. Can you guess what it is? It's <laughs> slime. Uh, my choice is the Kenner. Alien Queen Hive playset
1: Son of a oh, bitch
0: That's a good uh, one. The one Just something to, uh, My friend John had it When I was growing up And funny side story The copy of it that I have Was his childhood one now um, But I, I just I loved everything about it It was always like I wanted it, I could never find it So I always played with my friends uh and the way the slime dripped through the egg sac and i mean it's not screen accurate at all like the egg sac doesn't drip slime it secretes it lays eggs with yes, slime they're yes they're slimy eggs but like the This a lot of things about the toy didn't make sense. The little launching face hugger or not. Not it was a launching chest
3: burster uh, burster
0: that came out of a face hugger egg. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: But man, the way uh, the inner the inner head of the alien queen separate from the crest moved back and forth when you would move that head was just fantastic. And I love that the sculpt of the alien queen itself was at the time. Uh, so much more accurate than the deluxe alien queen figure that they had released.
1: Yeah. yeah. I remember not liking, I mean, you kind of, it's all you got. So you had that, the first alien queen that was like, she did steroids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, was <laughs> yeah. very thick and chunky, you know? And then I remember a lot of my stories always have, I was skipping school, but I was skipping school and I rode my bike to Toys R Us I remember seeing that Alien Queen playset and just being like, what? And like It looked like the Queen alien. And it had, yeah, it wasn't accurate, but it had the egg tube was kind of up in an arc like it yeah. was in the movie and suspended. Which I always thought was cool because, you know, mucus to the ceiling. I always thought that was a neat little thing that they captured. Great toy. Such a
0: great, great toy. Kenner really... Yeah. When they got it right, they got it right. Mhm. The I mean the slime with it was not the best. But it was about on par with the uh the real Ghostbuster slime, so it wasn't terrible.
1: I have never opened the slime for my Queen Alien place that I still have it sealed. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Ooh. I can only imagine the smell of opening that.
1: <laughs> I'll never know. I'll never eat the gum that comes with <laughs> the Garbage fell Kids now. It's just some things are better left. It's uh, Schrodinger's cat.
0: Yep. You know, yeah.
1: the slime exists and it doesn't exist inside that barrel until I open it up and find out. And I'm never going to open it up. So it's just in limbo. This this logical conundrum. I,
0: wow. I have so, seen enough people open vintage slime that I have an idea of what's in there. And it's, yeah. It is better yeah. left sealed
1: It's probably separated And it's oil and water So well this week is a Battle of slime toys That's uh, what a fun coincidence Alright guys We're going to wrap it up But I need to know What's new from Pikmin Vinyls this week
0: Well The the big news this week is My vacuum chamber Has died uh, Oh no yeah, so I am out of commission until a new one comes later this week. I, eh, it's really not a big deal. They're not crazy expensive, but it, it's more of an inconvenience and frustration. Uh, but let me tell you, I was sitting next to it when the acrylic lid cracked, and the noise it made was like a very thick tree branch cracking in your living room.
1: Uh, I don't know why, when you mention that, I'm picturing... The barrel trioxin cracking <laughs> and then tar man melting. It was
3: loud. I mean, he sent me the pick of the lid and yeah, it kind of does resemble the trioxin barrel window cracking. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so yeah,
0: it's, uh, unfortunately that did happen while I was, uh, about halfway through producing the run of, um, winslow leach figures so there will be a slight delay on shipping those uh only by about a week which isn't a huge deal
1: you know honestly most people probably won't notice because shipping is so horrible as it is
0: and you know i'm very upfront with anyone anyway so i try and be completely transparent when there are going to be delays this one you heard it
1: here first pikmin vinyl fans you're gonna
0: have to wait a little bit uh, longer yep it's uh i'm i'm taking normally i would like shift gears and focus on something else but i'm taking the rare opportunity to be like no i'm i'm just gonna relax for a couple of days and then i'll get back on track when i've got my new equipment
1: cool what about mike what's going on with boogeyman's closet
3: well, we just uh, wrapped up our Animal Attack Month and celebrated our uh, 100th episode. I mean, it's technically our 124th episode of all of our specials, but uh, it's our numbered 100 episode. Um, and we are moving on to sequels. So we're doing sequels to horror movies we've already covered. The uh, batch that was picked is Gremlins 2, the new batch, um, The Devil's Rejects, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And, and birds, sleep- two. <laughs> At Land's End? No. a <laughs> um, Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. So we're, we're kicking things off. Episode 101 will be Gremlins 2, the new batch. And uh, there will be a uh, familiar guest joining us for that one. So uh, that should be out uh, first Monday in July. Let me see here. That will be, t- t- yeah, July 5th. And
1: I should add that your arachnophobia episode is the first one where you guys are all together live yes. again. And it's a big it's a blast. I listened to it today Thank uh, you. while I was working. It's hilarious. And you get a very animated Maurice more than normal, uh, which kind of it makes the episode more fun.
3: Yeah, oh, that's I'm even
0: more excited now
3: that's one of the things I really enjoyed about recording in person. Like while the sound quality is much better recording over Skype, which which is kind of hard to believe sometimes with the Skype gods. um, But it, it, the sound quality is much better uh, doing it remote. The, the camaraderie and just the fun of like recording in the same room together can't be beat. And um, I mean, (laughs) me and Susie are constantly trying to make each other laugh. Like she I mean, she caught me this week. She almost made me spit out my coffee. Um, And she even commented how she's missed seeing that because she would always try to get me to spit my coffee out. Um, And Maurice, you know, because, again, I think because we're all in the same room together, it's it's the visual cues of he knows who's talking next and he can jump in. I know he sometimes doesn't want to interrupt, even though I tell him just get in there. <laughs> you know, so but uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun being able to record together again.
1: Cool. All right, we'll guys. Color
3: me jealous.
1: <laughs> Tune in well, next we... week to our L J N Dungeons and Dragons special, which is actually just a regular episode where we talk about L J N Dungeons and Dragons toys for a little while. But it's been a pleasure. This is Mike O'Mace signing
3: out. Josh.
0: Oh, this is this is this is also uh Josh and Professor Pickman signing out.
3: And this is Mike saying goodbye. See you. See you guys. This is
0: Jim, I'm gonna buy a house.
3: Oh God, he's in our house. Stop <laughs> in uh, our house. I can hear him. <laughs>